Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. And today we've got something a little different for you. We're coming to you live from the design firm Omni Ecosystems in Bronzeville, and we're talking all things sustainability. There are so many exciting green projects happening all over Chicago, but there are also a bunch happening right here in Bronzeville with ambitious goals to improve the daily lives of its residents and bring economic development. Here to tell us about just one of those projects is Billy Davis, General Manager of Jitney EV. Also with us is Paula Robinson. She's a managing member of Bronzeville Partners and the Innovation Hub, LLC. Billy, Bronzeville is known as the Black Metropolis, so tell us about that and how this neighborhood has served as a site of innovation for decades. Well, going back decades, back to the time of the Great Migration, Bronzeville was where black folks settled when they uh, came up from the South. And um, we created a a new age of innovation, um, sort of somewhat by happenstance, but uh, because of racial um, restrictive covenants, real estate covenants in the city of Chicago, um, black folks were uh, restricted in areas that they could live. And one of those areas was was Bronzeville, and it became known as, as Black Metropolis. But because of uh, because it was um, so self-contained, it became sort of a city within a city, and evolved as a a, a, a mecca for black innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we developed manufacturing, we our own financing, uh, banks, insurance companies. Um, it was a, a a revolution in culture, in creativity. So um, we're replicating that era in this new age of innovation um, during. Well, this post-COVID era, yeah. where we are embracing renewable energy and running as fast as we can away from fossil fuel. Right. To that end, Paula, you, you're making sure that this next wave of innovation here it incorporates green technology, and that you build a green infrastructure here. Right. Absolutely. I mean, when we talk about being an innovation district or hub, part of that is knowing that uh, by necessity. Bronzeville is probably Chicago's first innovation district. You know, um, we had to create our own goods, services uh, just to exist. The resiliency that Bronzeville has is our equity. Um, And so the first step was really us recognizing that that equity is something that we have to recognize and see ourselves as co-creators in this new green economy, as owners and producers in uh, things that are really not new to us. When we talk about the share economy, and you know, we're obviously talking about Jitney and talking about new things like Uber, mm-hmm. uh, but Uber is not new. You know, Uber is what we call Jitney. Um, <laughs> you know, we think that Airbnb is new. Yeah. You know, we've been in the share economy when that was. Now we understand what the Green Book was all about. That was Airbnb. Yeah. So we have to recognize that we are innovators. We cannot wait for permission to be a part of it. So let's let's explain that and get into some specifics here. One of the initiatives that I'm particularly interested in is this project that you're both involved in from the Innovation Hub. It's called Jitney EV. So, Billy, first of all, for, for people listening who aren't aware, what are Jitneys and, and what role have they played historically? <laughs> well, <clears throat> here in Chicago, at least uh, you know when I was coming up in the 60s, um, you could step out onto South Parkway, which is now King Drive, and um, uh, anywhere between 
South Loop and uh, 87th Street or 95th Street, uh, you can stick your hand up and catch a jitney cab that was cruising up and down the boulevard. And for the price of a nickel, you could share a ride with uh, other passengers who were looking for low-cost, accessible transportation. Mm -hmm. So we picked up on that concept. And they came around because white-owned taxi companies were refusing to serve uh, predominantly black communities at the time. Is that right? Yes, that's, that's well for the same reasons why there was a black metropolis in the first place, because yeah. of, of racism and discrimination. Uh, it has economic effects in transportation as well as uh, economic development. Yeah. So that was an example of that. But we're trying to replicate that in a new age. How common are they now, and, and what needs are they filling? Well, uh, jitneys do exist outside of Chicago. They're all over the world, in fact. I mean, if you go to you know, the West Indies or, you, or go down south, you can you know, take a, a bus or um, you know, a, 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 large, a large cab, mm -hmm. and uh, it's always at a reduced price, and it's what common folks tend to use. Yeah. Uh, it tends to be sort of a, a neighborhood-driven form of um, alternative transportation. I, drew, I grew up with that as well. I, mm -hmm. I grew up in Jamaica, so I grew up go. taking those buses and didn't, yeah, I didn't realize back then that this was the cheaper route, but I mean, obviously as an adult, I was like, oh, okay, this is what we were doing. Right. And you didn't know that it was called micromobility. I had no clue. <laughs> and, you, and you didn't know that. I was today years old, Paula. And, and, you didn't, and, you didn't, and nobody told you that that level of transportation was also part of uh, urban circularity. Oh, so urban circularity. We've been, we've been smart a lot longer than anybody's clued us in on. Right. What's the state of car ownership in Bronzeville, Billy? I don't have precise figures on right uh, the, but we do have a robust transportation system for those that uh, you know don't own vehicles. Uh, you know we do have the red line, the green line, we have Metra, and you know we're tucked between all of the uh, all of the uh, main highways. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into what you're doing because you're trying to make a fleet of electric jitneys. Why? Well. <laughs> Because of climate change, primarily, but because of the, ne the necessity of, of clean, affordable, accessible transportation. You know, transportation is what moves, uh, the labor, delivers the labor force to places of employment. It delivers customers to places of commerce. We want to do that. We want to take away the burden of, of getting there, at, you know, so that transportation is at a reduced cost, but also that it's accessible. But it has to be green. What we've learned is that you know, we have been the, um, I hate to, you know, characterize, use the word victim, but we have been victimized over the decades by poor urban planning, by um, finding ourselves living in close proximity to fossil fuel production, to, um, to uh, damaging pollutants in our air by virtue of living along industrial corridors, by living close to the, to the interstate highway system. So the fastest way to help ourselves to clean up the air, to help ourselves uh, physically as mm -hmm. well as economically, is to get away from fossil fuel production and embrace electric vehicle transportation. So how's this going to work? EVs are expensive. Yeah, and we're not just talking about um, private vehicles. We're talking about all forms of transportation and micromobility. Eliminating, um, e eliminating fossil fuel ve vehicles and ha embracing micromobility, that includes uh, scooters and uh, other forms of electric transportation. And you know, on a, on a, trying to pull back and look at it from a, a 30,000 foot level, we look at mobility as a service. You know, we're trying to implement systems of, of transportation that help drive commerce. Yeah. Well, what stage of the process are you in now? 
Well, we're, we're still in advocacy uh, stage. We're still trying, you know, very broadly, uh, Jitney EV is about um, educating our, the consumers about the importance of um, accelerating the transition away from fossil fuels to electric vehicles, and um, and becoming aware of the opportunities, and, you know what what's being offered. Yeah. So right now we're in a we're we're in a great place. We're in a window where, <clears throat> excuse me, we have the greatest investment in in decades, in our lifetimes, uh, of in, into um, infrastructure, and a lot of that. Uh, funding that investment is going to come to uh, states like Illinois, mm -hmm. and, and and it's advocates and activists like us that make sure that it comes into our community. Paula, you're also um, you're helping to facilitate more public EV charging stations, right? Yeah, I mean we can't allow ourselves to get caught up in this chicken and egg syndrome. Um, we have been very vocal about stopping something that's in its tracks, and that is. Um, this concept of um, urban charging deserts. Uh, we're not doing urban charging deserts. We've done, mm. you know, the, the grocery deserts, the food deserts. This uh, new green economy is too new for us to start talking about urban charging. So are you facing challenges trying to get them no, installed? No, we, we've got to step into this. We have the first public charging station in Bronzeville at 43rd and Calumet. Okay. Uh, it was installed. Uh, Billy proceeded over that with uh, folks from ComEd and IIT. Um, we are the Bronzeville community of the future. We have to step up to what that means, and we have to take leadership on what is possible. So we're in advocacy stage, but we've got another team of civic entrepreneurs that are also pushing that envelope. We have a perfect storm not just with the Biden infrastructure plan, not just with the Illinois Commerce Commission and beneficial electrification, not just with the innovative things we just did with CJA, yeah. where we created something that we're saying, you know, we're going to put people back to work that were uh, incarcerated and make it a part of reentry. I mean, we're, we're developing win-win-wins. The funds are here. It's going to happen. You know, what we're now saying is let's make sure these urban communities are going to be first. We're not the only ones saying it. You know, we have people nationally, um, Evie Noir and uh, Terry Travis. They just had a whole conference, people all across the country talking about diversity yeah. and electric vehicles. Uh, Chicago has, is, is in a position to be first in this, and, and now we're going to do what? Come late to the party? No, we're, we are setting the stage for the party. Mm -hmm. When Billy and I leave here today, we join a task force uh, called Community of the Future that we've been working with ComEd and IT and other partners since we received this DOE, Department of Energy, grant. And what we have now is a scope of work to do EV rideshare in our business districts. One of the things that happened through COVID and that Billy was able to demonstrate that the research, Bronzeville is a little different than what we think about with Main Street yeah. USA. Part of the reason that we needed a Jitney is because we have a 43rd Street, a 47th Street, you know, a King Drive, a Cottage Grove. This circularity was also needed just to be able to say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm shopping here and I'm going over here for this. Mm -hmm. and, and that's still true. So when we are picking up people from you know, McCormick Place, White Sox, yeah. uh, university students coming in, circulating, also using this clean transportation. We've got to be able to make sure that we're still keeping all of those uh, commercial corridors vibrant. And so I think that was heard. And so 
um, we're, we've stepped a little bit out of advocacy to saying, yeah, we're really ready to implement and we've it's got a scope do. of work to do it. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about sustainability efforts that are going on in Bronzeville with Paula Robinson, who's managing member of Bronzeville Partners LLC, as well as Billy Davis, general manager of Jitney EV. So, Billy, picking up where, where Paula left off there, uh, talk more about how uh, Jitney EV is going to be helping tourists really navigate that area around McCormick Place. We're looking beyond uh, just McCormick Place. Um, we're looking throughout the state. Uh, you know, we work with, we have other uh, transportation and um, uh, community engagement partners. And uh, right now, during this uh, period where we're really in a rules-making process, where um, a lot of the funding that is coming out at the federal level is, is starting to filter down to the state level, and uh, we're trying, all of these uh, agencies are trying to, uh, government agencies as well as, as advocacy groups, are trying to figure out how, how best um, to distribute this money and make sure that it is properly spent, that we're not duplicating efforts, that, you know, that we're reaching our goal of electrifying uh, the state. Yeah. So um, we work with, um, you know, other um, community engagement type partners to make sure that the benefits, some of the resources that are going to um, result from CJA, that they're spread out. For example, this um, uh, electric vehicle charging corridor, which is, is going to be initially along the, uh, uh, the, the interstates, but eventually will, uh, after the interstate corridor is, is populated, will spill out into e e Justice 40 communities. So we want to make sure that Justice 40 communities like ours, as well as those down in, in uh, East St. Louis and Decatur, that they uh, don't become charging deserts either. Yeah. What's the community reaction been like? to these efforts? Well, you know, it's surprising because um, a lot of times we are at like the, the community of the future meetings and uh, we are presenting, you know, like we're presenting EVs and emergency regulation or something today. Is that right, Billy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the community is sort of like, okay, we're, we're glad you're on this. Now translate this for me. You know, make this relevant for me. What we have to recognize is they have every right to say that. Because we just went through a period where we as consumers, manufacturers, you know, all of these advocates and lobbyists, we really weren't ready. We actually had urban community uh, consumers saying, you know what, I think I'm going to make my wife's, my daughter out of college next car a EV. Mm -hmm. In many cases, those products were not there. Those products were not there in terms of even used vehicles. The rebates were there. The incentives were there, even the additional, you know, what the state did, all of these things. As I said, we're in a perfect storm. Now we have to be ready. It's just like with an election. You missed it the first time. You're like, okay, let's at least acknowledge. Let's stop this where we're saying, you know, our African Americans and people of color, you know, going to buy them. Do we have EV charging? The manufacturing community is not about to let yeah. the this gas-buying car vehicle consumer yeah. not be a part of where we're going. So, you know, the, the market will drive itself in yeah. terms of that. So what we have to do is first recognize that we're committed and that the studies are actually showing that our black and brown communities are more supportive of uh, climate solutions than any other, any other. So, 
you know, this is what we have to build on. I want you to explain something else. Sustainability <clears throat> efforts in Bronzeville, they're not sporadic, right? They're, they're no. just not disjointed. They're much more cohesive than I think a lot of people realize. There isn't anyone that's been on this show today that we're not partnering with. You know, our standing partners are IIT, Blacks and Green. You know, the things that we're doing with university partners ranges. I don't know that there's a university that we're not working with. What has happened that's new now is that we're not only working with the Department of Energy, but we're recognizing that we better start talking to these manufacturers. Yeah. And that we need to let them know that some of the things that you've been doing to target the Tesla customer is not the same thing that is appropriate for our market. And so, you know, our market buys cars for a lot of reasons. My car is my office, it's status, it's all of this. You know, I don't know young men who are getting ready to buy cars and getting ready to take a girlfriend out saying, I'll pick you up in my leaf. That's not, that's just not that market. <laughs> and so, you know, there are some manufacturers that are getting this. The Bronzeville yeah. uh, partner's role is to help business do business with Bronzeville. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of times Bronzeville, black, urban, it's almost like code word. Yes. Do business with us. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm a longtime marketer. I know that this is right here. It's, uh, it, it, and the funds are here. Uh, we have the opportunity to do something with a utility company. Their biggest worry is when all this happens, you know, is the grid and the load and everything going to be ready? Right. I mean, right. truth. And, and some of this is like, you know, uh, Blacks and Green was saying earlier, what are we worrying about? Who's going to pay for it? You are, consumer. <laughs> you know, what do you think all these rate hikes and everything are happening for the, for yeah. the grid modification? So, uh, you know, we, we, we just have got to start putting things in order, and it really has to be, begin with us understanding that we are not just the, you know, the consumer, the client, yeah. we're the innovator and all of it. So to that end, Billy, what are some ways people can support these efforts? Like what, what resources do you feel that you need most right now to accomplish your sustainability goals for this community? Yeah, well, we do need funding and uh, we, we, we are reaching out to, um, to the philanthropic philanthropic <laughs> community yeah. um, we, we chased grants I mean we, we spend a lot of our uh, a lot of hours per week chase, chasing grant at the state yeah how do you want to see level? city and state officials supporting this alignment but, alignment of funding it's yeah. here we people we just attended something with Argonne National Lab uh, it was just a sharing session we we're talking all about this they said well are, are you following Nevi I was like, is it? I'm like, are we following Nevi? Bill? I mean, these are things where it's just that level of sharing. Yeah. The other thing that we have is that our, we're very lucky. Our state senator, Dick Durbin, yeah. he gets EV. He has a whole team of people that we just got introduced to. And what he's saying is if the governor is saying that Illinois is going to be the EV capital, because we're in the state of manufacturing, the trucks, the buses, the whole thing. Yeah. Why shouldn't we be talking about a fleet? We're manufacturing yeah. them. But we Last word to you, Billy. Yeah, well, we also need support legislatively. You know, you can't just, um, you can't just uh, give lip service to it. A, a, a commitment to climate change has to be wholehearted. That means changing our building code so that we have a, a, a legitimate decarbon future. So, so when, when new developments come online, for example, you, it's not sufficient to say, okay, well, we'll set aside uh, five parking spaces for EV charging. Why not 100%? Because 100% of the cars are going to be electric in 10 years.
Mm. So it yeah. need, it, we need a commitment to decarbonization and a, cre a clean energy future. We'll leave it there. Billy Davis is general manager of Jitney EV, and Paula Robinson is managing member of Bronzeville Partners, LLC. Thank you both. This episode of Reset was produced by Brenda Ruiz and Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. Enjoying having Reset on the go? Then it's time to subscribe to our podcast. We've got thoughtful conversations like this for you to enjoy every day of the week. And when you subscribe, just leave us a rating because that really helps more listeners find us. That's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.